When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Five Spot. I'm your host, Donovan McNabb, joined with Armando Segaro, and we're going to dive right into the Monday night game, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Green Bay Packers, two teams that are trying to form an identity and figure out who they are as an organization and a franchise. Two quarterbacks that are coming from different angles, so to speak. We will have one who is just going into a sixth start, I believe, as a franchise quarterback in Jordan Love. Uh, just really inconsistent of running the offense, uh, trying to get the ball out to a lot of his receivers uh, and struggles in his first half. And then you have another one uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who came out of concussion protocol and was able to play in this particular game. Uh, more of an intermediate passer. Uh, seems like Josh, Josh McDaniels is still trying to figure out how they were going to run the football effectively with Jacobs, but more importantly, trying to feature your number one receiver, uh, in Devontae Adams, who was originally with the Green Bay Packers and came over to play with Derek Carr, who's no longer there, but now has a new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. When I look at this this particular game before uh, it all started, I figured that Green Bay had an advantage, only because uh, their running game, their defense have been playing pretty well at this particular point. Uh, and Jordan Love, you're not asking him to win the game, but more manage the game. And then, obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo coming off of a concussion protocol, I thought it would work in the favor of Green Bay. Well, things didn't happen that way, and we'll go more into it. Armando, when you looked at uh, this particular game before it started, what advantages did you see, and did you expect that Green Bay would struggle like they did offensively? I didn't, uh, Donovan, and it, it becomes clear to me now that in the team building process, the Packers have made a what I believe is a fatal flaw for this season. And that fatal flaw is that they have a very young quarterback, as you mentioned, Jordan Love, who's been around for a while, right. but hasn't gotten game experience, only his right. sixth start. And then he, they're matching that with a wide receiver core and a tight end core, a receiver core overall that is also very young and very inexperienced. And my experience in covering the NFL since 1990 is you can have one if you have maturity and experience in the other, or you can have maturity and experience, you know, somewhere and youth will be overcome somewhere else. But if you have youth over here and youth over there, what you've got is super inexperienced and it doesn't fly and you get inconsistency and you get, you know, what the Green Bay Packers have right now, which is uh, an offense that really isn't acceptable to Well, you know, again, I, when you, you lose guys like uh, Andrew Jones, who, who was kind of their bell cow, you know, he, he brings explosion out of the backfield uh, being able to pick up big yards when needed. And A.J. Dillon is more of a 
he's a rock'em sock'em ram man type of running back. He's he's gonna pick up three, maybe four yards. Uh, he's that third and short type of running back, goal line, red zone area. Uh, he's not the guy that you're gonna feature 25 carries uh, a game, and all of a sudden he walks out of there with 175 yards rushing. That's what Jones is. Uh, and then Watson has been in and out of the lineup. He and Dodd both with injuries. So you have a young quarterback that's still trying to, I would say, get his feet wet a little bit. And, and uh, to me, Matt LaFleur is not helping him out. This is when you need to run some quick game, some slants, some quick outs, uh, hitches, little play action, run a curl route. Get your quarterback in a rhythm that when, yeah, you can take shots because he has a – he has a pretty strong arm when it comes to getting off the platform and getting the ball downfield. To me, when I watched that game, he was just trying too hard, holding the ball, trying to read through his keys uh, instead of utilizing his legs, which as a young rookie quarterback, that's when you use your legs. And and really, to be honest, he's not a rookie because he's been a backup for four years. And now he's the starter. Well, remember, same thing happened with their former quarterback, who was backing up Brett Favre, and that being Aaron Rodgers, who struggled a little bit early on in his career uh, with the same kind of results. Uh, so I, I just think for this football game, it kind of leaned the wrong way from what I expected. And then the talk now with the about the, the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, to me, is just not an NFL head coach. Uh, he was, he's been in the last three weeks, and I'm going to bring up your best friend, to me, in the last three weeks, he's been Brandon Staley B. His decision-making, <laughs> his call, his play calling, uh, the timing of his, his calling. And then you have the NFL's leading rusher from last year in your backfield. And you can't seem to run the football all of a sudden this year? I mean, I, I just find it really... Uh, devastating to to see a guy who wanted a new contract, held out, came back fully all in, engaged, no holes are opening up for him to run the football. He's not a pass-catching running back, but you're still having him run routes and hitting check downs. And then you have the number one receiver on the outside who clearly, to me, is the number one receiver in the NFL, and you can't find a way to get him the ball unless he's running 10, 12 yards, 15 yards downfield. I just think this has been an early part of the season that we can write off and say, once we get to week six, then this will happen, Armando. Right. So what I think the Raiders have is sometimes organizations promote people a, a step above where they should probably be. Right. Um, that's what I think you have with the Raiders. Josh McDaniels is an offensive coordinator who's been promoted to head coach, and he's probably a really good, as a head coach, he's right. probably a good offensive coordinator somewhere. Right. Uh, they have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, who they have as their starting quarterback. I think we know now, based on what is happening in San Francisco, based on what we're seeing with the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo is a really great backup quarterback. Uh, and, and maybe... You don't agree with that. Maybe a lot of people don't agree with that. But there is not a whole lot that Jimmy Garoppolo is being asked to do that he's doing well, in my opinion. Um, and and then you have owner, <laughs> Mark Davis, who... Well, at least, he's, hey, at least he's winning. 
He's winning. He, the team might not be winning, but he's definitely winning. Uh, go. I'll let you go right into it. No, yeah, he, you, you he brought it up. You went I mean, there, so. Hey, you know, you you thought you were slick about though. You slid that in there. Hey, <laughs> hey, if there's somebody winning in Vegas, he's definitely winning. And and I will say, you know, because his dad's a Syracuse alum, uh, Mark Davis uh, may have um, the worst haircut in, in America. Uh, <laughs> I mean, starting with the haircut to, I mean, it's, he's sitting up and, and you wonder if he's either paying attention or he's, he's kind of roaming somewhere else, but he definitely had a, uh, he had a first down sitting next to him at the game and, uh, we'll go deep into it. Cause Armando is, he's chopping at the bit. Go ahead, Armando. Uh, come on, man. He's 68 years old. And he's got, uh, you know, the internet is vicious and savage. He's got this mystery woman in sunglasses sitting next to him. And, and you know, clearly much younger. The internet finds out she's 38-year-old uh, Orianthi, who is a guitarist and a big social media influencer. And she's 38. He is 68. I wonder if it's love that is motivating her to be with him. I wonder if it's feelings that are really deep rooted and from the heart that is the reason that she is with him or could it be something else? Maybe his great looks, maybe his, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got a super personality. Uh, or maybe it's $2.8 billion, a suite at the Raiders home games, an ownership stake in the Raiders and an WNBA team. Could that be it? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I, I'll say this, and I won't go until we get further notice as far as the relationship status uh, between the two. I'll say this, maybe... Um, you know, she got a ticket from a friend and uh, they thought it would be a great look to social media wise to have her there because she has a lot of followers on social media. I don't know if it's one that he's kind of dating, taking out for dinner and apps. You know, I don't you know, maybe maybe they met, you know, on social media. You know, who knows? I mean. You know, as I said earlier, there are apps for that. Even there are apps for that. I Not mean, all of them cool, I might say. Well, he looks cool, um, and and he has everyone in America buzzing because it seems like now half of the world is jealous that the sixty-eight-year-old man is making it happen to have a thirty-eight-old beautiful woman sitting next to him, high-fiving him. You know, when they score. So, Donovan, look, uh, we're having fun. But yeah. seriously, he's that's not a win. If, if, I mean, I'm I'll come. I mean, I'm of a certain age. And I know that if ever my wife were to decide that I'm going to be by myself, which she never will, because I'll kill her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if she were ever to decide you're on your own, Mondo, uh, Mondo's not going to go looking for a 20-year-old because Mondo understands 
Yeah, he under well, that's the age difference between Mark Davis and Orianti. He's 68, she's 38. 30 years, dude. I mean, he was like down the road to billionairedom when when she was born. Just when she it's Mark, she doesn't love you. It's not for that. It's not, and, and so I'm wondering. Does he really believe, oh, no, it's it's my smile that is the reason that she is here? Come on, you, you don't, you're delusional. Uh, it, it might be a match made in heaven. We just don't know in, in which I think uh, the feelings are strong. and It can take him somewhere. Hey, Mark, keep up the good work. Keep winning. You're winning here at the five spot. But speaking of winning and losing, let's let's move on to – the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, oh. This was a game in which I think the test was right there for Dallas to, to find out who they are as a football team, let the world know that they're one of the best teams by playing another team that's ranked high uh, in the NFC and in the NFL. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, have them in the top two as far as best teams in the NFL being the San Francisco 49ers. But the Dallas Cowboys didn't let us down. Uh, I originally picked them to win that particular game. I thought it was upset alert uh, because I thought it was time for Dak uh, and that offense to step up. Dak Prescott threw for 153 yards, uh, one touchdown and three picks, uh, which in the original games, his previous games, he struggled turning the football over in the playoffs. Also, the regular season versus San Fran, uh, their defense is, if not the best in the NFL. Uh, I think San Francisco is definitely 1B uh, with Bosa and uh, their secondary, the way they play. Fred Warner has to be the number one linebacker in the NFL to me, if you ask me. reminds me so much of like a Derrick Brooks type of, of uh, linebacker. But more importantly... I just want to go more, not so much about Dallas, because I think the world has kind of come down hard on Dallas. I'm going to mention a guy that I I said I'm just not on the bandwagon because I need to see him play against tougher teams uh, and be able to show the type of quarterback that he is in this, in this league. Uh, and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, to me, is an MVP candidate, and he's right, is deserving uh, of that position. He's done nothing but win uh, for this organization. He's very efficient. I love his footwork in the pocket. He anticipates throws. And yes, people will say he's throwing to great weapons, but they have to get the ball in their hands somehow. And he's doing a wonderful job doing that. So uh, Mac Jones, to me, is number one when it comes to the NFL, the rankings as far as the MVP race is concerned. We can we can look at a lot of different directions of bigger names, but Brock Hurdy to me, Purdy, to me, has proven that he's number one in the NFL as far as the MVP race is concerned, Armando. Yeah, this this game was a demolition. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, I, everybody thought, well, the Dallas Cowboys, they are indeed a, a championship contender, at least a division contender in the a NFC East. They're, they're, they may be, but they're not a championship contender. We know that. Uh, Donovan, there was a, a a series in the third and fourth quarter of that game where th it happened as follows. 
San Francisco touchdown, Dallas interception, San Francisco touchdown, Dallas interception, San Francisco touchdown, Dallas interception. Those were back-to-back possessions uh, of that game. And it was eye-popping the the contrast between what the San Francisco 49ers uh, are about and can do and what the Dallas Cowboys are about and and can and cannot do. The if you want to boil it to, down to a one-on-one matchup, Trent Williams who is probably Woo! if he's, not the best Hall of Famer. He's he's right, the best off, yes. he's the best he's the best offensive tackle in the game from the last 4 years. Gotcha. And and I'm not going to argue that cuz it's true. Um him against Micah Parsons in that Woo! game. Micah Parsons, good, right? Good? Yeah. Okay. So they went at each other eight times. Four of those times, it was a double team. Zero of those times was Micah Parsons <laughs> able to yeah. even create a pressure. I'm not right. saying a sack, not even a pressure. So when your most dynamic defensive player gets gobbled up and disappeared, basically, off the off the field, by one, their, one of their guys, it's not even two of their guys all the time. Right. You're in trouble as the Dallas Cowboys. And really, they couldn't stop the 49ers at the point where I'm watching Sam Darnold finish off that game. I'm thinking, this was a really terrible day for the Dallas Cowboys. This is like, this is a defrocking of the Dallas Cowboys defense. You know, when, when uh, you talk about the Dallas defense, we talked about it when the injury happened. When Diggs goes down, Trayvon Diggs goes down, uh, Bland had to step in. Now, now Bland had played some some games in the previous years, uh, and he was the guy that everyone else was going after when he was playing. Uh, went, went away from Trayvon Diggs. Now, it's like Diggs, when you look at their, their defense, Gilmore is now Diggs. They're going away from Gilmore and going at Bland again. And that's the hole that they have to fill because in the secondary, when you know you can at least hold for three, maybe three and a half seconds, now the pass rush is able to get there. Quarterbacks are just getting the ball out quickly. It You, you talk about that series, the series, three series in a row, but you didn't talk about how fast Brock Purdy was able to get out, get the ball out to his number one receiver. Normally, when you get to uh, good defenses, they force you to go to two, three, and holding the ball to wait on four. But he was getting the ball out to his number one wide receiver consistently in this game. If it was Brandon Ayuk, who Brandon Ayuk had three catches for 58 yards. George Kittles. George Kittles had three catches for 67 yards. And Debo Samuels, three catches for 55 yards. The thing that makes Brock Purdy who he is at this particular point where people have to respect him, he spreads the ball around. And it's not just one particular receiver. I believe there were eight receivers who caught the ball in this game. And all of them were kind of spaced out between four, three, 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 two, you know, one receiver, like whatever it may have been. The ball was moving around versus this defense. So I, I, give, I give a lot of credit to obviously Brock Purdy. But then, again, 
one of the best, I would say, play callers in the league is Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan puts his guys in great positions to be very successful. And Dallas, Mike McCarthy does not at this point because I've said it even in the offseason. I love Tony Pollard, but Tony Pollard is not a an every down back. Everybody wanted to run Zeke out. Everyone's talking about, well, Tony Pollard, you know, with the explosion plays, he's the number one. No, the person they should have drafted if they could was B. John Robinson because they needed a feature back, and Tony Pollard would be that that kind of lightning to the thunder. Uh, and then you're not dialing up plays to get the ball to your number one receiver in CeeDee Lamb. Like, if we're going to be an explosive offense like you've been over the last couple of years with Kellen Moore and you're taking over, don't all of a sudden go to, to Tecmo Bowl type of football play calling or just turn the ball, hand the ball off. You don't have, you know, Barry Sanders and Bo Jackson and Thurman Thomas. I'm showing my age right now when I said Tecmo Bowl because probably our, our listeners are like, what's that? Is that on PlayStation? Uh, no, you got to go back. Tecmo Bowl is back in the day. Google it. But Armando, just in your eyes, was this more of a mistake by Mike McCarthy and their defensive play calling, or was this more about San Francisco and just the array of talent that we see and the guys stepping up and making plays? Well, so on the defensive side, I would say Dan Quinn is almost like the head coach of that defense, and he's laid two enormous eggs so far yes. this year. Right. Uh, this, this game here and clearly the Arizona game where they just got out physical and gave up over 200 yards rushing. The one thing that was fascinating and is continually fascinating to me, Donovan, about games like this and quarterback play in general is when quarterbacks who have done it, who have been outstanding, who have, who have earned the right to be called outstanding, Right. All of a sudden, they like almost fall off the table. And Dak Prescott has kind of fallen. Dak Prescott is tied for the NFL lead in interceptions the last two years. He's, and and incidentally, he's tied with Josh Allen. Um, And which we don't ever talk bad about. Which, no, well, uh, uh, okay, uh, (laughs) until they lost to the Jets. But, (laughs) because that was like whoa rain down on josh allen but the my point is Dak prescott i saw him play as a rookie and i was thinking oh my god this guy is like awesome and i saw him play in the second year and again out of nowhere basically and it's now that it's almost like the last couple years i've seen regression how is that possible I think I think they're asking him to do too much, and then he's trying to carry too much weight on his shoulders. And a lot of times, as quarterbacks in the NFL, um, when they continue to build you up, the expectations become higher. And so, if you're just kind of playing at the level that you're comfortable with, and you're going about it as such it's not good enough. So now they bring you down lower. And so you're fighting to try to please instead of just doing what's needed to help win football games. When I look at Dak Prescott, to me, he's he's holding the ball too long. uh, And then he's trusting himself a little bit too much of trying to throw in windows. A lot of times as a quarterback, you have to play cautious at times. 
And I say play cautious and not being checked down Charlie, but you have to take what the defense is giving you instead of trying to create something that may not be there. Like that pass he threw to Cooks, I understand he's fast and you want to get over the top and create that explosive, explosive play. He was not open. Even if that safety came over the top, he still was not open. Uh, and, and then he forced it so much that the ball was intercepted 10 yards past where Cooks was. And so I just thought to me, when you get down like that, and a lot of quarterbacks go through it, you get down early. Now you're forcing things faster to, to try to creep back fast. And that's when I saw Dak really started to struggle and it just continued on. But to me, I know the big question everyone's talking about, the money, the salary cap, he's asking for a lot of money. I don't think his number, his days are numbered. I think, yes, he will be there because they'll turn it around, win 10, 11 games this year, 10 games. Uh, but I think he will be the quarterback next year, and then they'll have to make a decision from that. Armando, do you feel the same way? Because that really is the big question at this particular point. Well, if you tell me who the coach is going to be, I'll, I'll tell you if he's going to be the quarterback because I, I don't have faith that the Cowboys are going to win 10 games. Uh, and I have faith that even if they win 10 games, but don't produce in the playoffs, Jerry Jones right. has had it, man. He doesn't want just 10 games and we're done. Goodbye. Let's pack it up. True. He wants success in the postseason, And I don't see this team the way it's playing right now as a postseason success type of team. And that is below the expectations of the owner. And the owner happens to have the, you know, the nuclear button at his <laughs> And I think that he's not used it the last couple of years when he might have. Right. I think here, if, if it doesn't happen the way exactly he believes it should, he right. will. He will use it. Well, speaking of decisions that have to be made, Let's go on out to New England, where I think things are starting to get a little frosty, sort of speak, from the fan base. Um, I think people in the organization, a lot of pressure on Kraft uh, because a conversation has to be had between he and Bill Belichick. But if we can go to um, just the thoughts and, uh, I guess, the responses from uh, the fans in New England, uh, of just how they feel right now about Bill Belichick, and we'll go into it right afterwards. Tommy and Lynn, what do you got to say today? What's up, boys? This is what I got to say today. The past few years has been terrible without Brady. Belichick's record is twenty six and twenty nine now without Brady. This team, this team blows. Mac has a noodle arm. The offensive line blows. No wide receivers around them. Mike Jusecki blows. It's like Belichick's stuck in his old ways, and the, the game is catching up on him, and maybe it's time for him to either retire or do something. This is pathetic. Gentlemen, I think Bill Belichick is a bigger fraud than Lance Armstrong. Without steroids, Lance Armstrong is nothing. Without cheating and Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is nothing. Uh, I just wanted to talk about, I really don't think Belichick has ever been a good coach. All he is is a good defensive coordinator. And honestly, I hope next year that he goes to another team so I can root for him to fail and watch him fail like a human garbage piece of crap that he is. I am so tired of this guy having to watch him ruin this team year in and year out. And if he's on the team next year, I'm just not going to watch. I'll just be a fan of like the Chiefs or something. Liar. 
you'll be back. And as you see, a lot of people are still feeling some type of way, and they're pointing the finger right at Bill Belichick, rightfully so, um, because the conversation is, can he win without Tom Brady? And he just has not. And do we point the finger more at Mac Jones? Do we point the finger more at Bill Belichick? Or is the culture that we've heard so much over the years of the, the New England way, is that now starting to kind of go south by a lot of the players that are playing? And then does that lead to lack of production on the field, Armando? Patriot way is now going off a cliff, Donovan. It's like <laughs> you're driving and it's, oh! <laughs> um, so, look, Bill Belichick is under 500 right. as a coach without Tom Brady. And it's not Tom Brady, so to speak. I think Bill Belichick is a good coach, but I think Bill Belichick has proven to be a below average general manager. Right. And, and so the team that general manager Bill Belichick puts on the field is awful. Uh, I mean, bad. Understand that the man, they lost by 35 points uh, two weeks ago to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And this week, Coach Bill Belichick uh, lost by 34 points um, to whoever they played. I forget who they played. The New Orleans Saints. Okay. So great consistency. You're consistently right. crappy, but that's not good. And the reason is you look at their lineup, who's their playmaker? Who's their difference maker? Who right. they you can win without one of those, in my opinion. If your line of scrimmage is dominant, if you win the line of scrimmage on offense and defense, they right. don't. So then you have to count on dynamic plays on the outside. Do they have dynamic players on the outside? No. They don't. Right. So then you have to rely on maybe the quarterback lifting the entire team on his shoulders and being a future Hall of Famer. And do they have that? They don't. Where do you go? Uh, he's going to start over, he said. That's his words. We're going to start over. What the hell does that mean in October? What have you ever had a coach that told you in a team meeting, gentlemen, it's not going the way we need it to go. We're going to start over. In so many words, a coach will say, you know, hey, listen, we're in a new season. We played five games right now um, or six. We played six games. Uh, and this is our time now to rewrite what we really want to be. Uh, because our start has been awful and we have no other way but going up. And, and you talk about the lack of, I wouldn't say names, but the lack of playmakers in this offense. You, I mean, you got Kendrick Bourne, uh, Demario Douglas, Devontae Parker as your receivers. Um, and then you have Stevenson as your running back and Ezekiel Elliott as your other running back. Uh, and, and to me, when you look at what you've had, you drafted a quarterback that he was, his production was based off of the talent around him at Alabama. Now, remember at the pro day, it was about the lack of arm strength. And so the lack of arm strength makes him more of an accurate intermediate to quick game passer, not the deep ball. But you have to look at what he came from and what he was playing with. He played with guys on the outside at wide receiver, running back, and tight end 
that pretty much were all drafted in the first two rounds um, for the NFL that are now playing on NFL teams and either being the number one receiver or number two receiver for a lot of different teams in the NFL. So was it the quarterback or was it the talent around him? Now, don't get me wrong. Mac Jones is well-deserving of where he was drafted. But you have to duplicate. And your best friend is Nick Saban. So pick up a phone and call Nick Saban and say, what do I need to do in order to make Mac Jones the same type of quarterback that I drafted that you coached? And I'm guaranteed he wouldn't say, well, you know what? Get him Kendrick Bourne. Uh, get him Demario Douglas. Hey, how about that Devontae Parker? Let's get him because I think he can really make some noise for our quarterback. But I just think for this New England team, losing guys on defense, which their defense was pretty solid uh, leading up until the injuries of Judon and and their their cornerback. Now, I know they traded for J.C. Jackson, who had a lot of success in New England, but I don't think that those days are now. That was three, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, I just think for New England at this particular point, they're kind of going to be even killed, especially in that division with them in Miami and Buffalo. And I'll give credit to the Jets. The Jets have figured it out a little bit going forward to what to do with Zach Wilson because Zach has actually played well in the last two weeks. But it's just New England. It's time. It's starting to fall. And Bill, Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft are going to have that conversation, I think mid-season as far as the direction they're going to go in well you mentioned the you know again with the general manager uh belichick so he had a lockdown corner uh in christian gonzalez now he's traded for a corner that might be locked up uh and so in jc jackson uh he has a quarterback that played at Alabama with more receiver talent at Alabama at the college level than what he has in the pros with the new England Patriots. They had the college team had Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. And he's got, you know, Devonte Parker, who was a cast off from the dolphins. He's got Juju Smith Schuster. Who's hurt. And, isn't dynamic and uh, come on man i mean we're i'm done with the patriots as a dynasty we i think we can agree that dynasty is is, we're done we're done they're done well well, speaking of done uh let's move out to denver uh where sean payton came over and put himself on the hot seat with his comments on on uh packet uh then also you know got his quarterback in a situation where, you know, you're putting a little pressure on him to carry a football team that does not have the same type of defense that they had at the beginning of last season. Uh, the run, Your running back in Williams was coming off of a knee injury. Judy missed the early part of the season with the injury. Now he's back. Uh, offensively, they seem, they seem to not be methodical to move the ball uh, downfield and moving the chains and scoring points. Uh Gave up 70 to the Miami Dolphins just a couple weeks ago. Uh, And then now the highlight game against the Jets, you allow Zach Wilson to just get out there and pinpoint anywhere he wanted to go with the football. And it seems like I think Brees Hall is still running um, out in Manhattan with the football because no one can seem to stop him in Denver. 
Do you think that this is more of a decision that the Broncos are going to have to make by trading Russell Wilson? Or is this a decision that they're going to have to make on Sean Payton at the end of the season? So what um, I, I was talking to some personnel people around the league right. uh, on Saturday and the Broncos are now considered sellers uh, right. in that they've got talent that they might want to move on from because when that talent at some point, if they're going to refurbish and rebuild, when that rebuild is complete, the players that we're going to talk about here, they're not going to be under contract or they're going to be too old or whatever. So they're not going to help in the going forward of winning a championship. And we're talking about guys like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, maybe uh, Frank Clark, for sure. Garrett Bowles, the the tackle. tackle. Uh, Maybe, maybe even the heart of their defense, Justin Simmons. They got calls last week about Justin Simmons. Of all the calls that they got last week, Donovan, None of them was for Russell Wilson. And I don't think it's because Russell Wilson is not a good player. He's clearly among the league leaders in quarterback play right now. It's that, yeah. Yeah, it's just that his contract, you know, nobody wants that contract. Well, I mean, no one wants the contract because obviously you're you're taking a lot out of an organization when you bring a quarterback that's making over $40 million. And I, I watch this football team and, it's easy to point out the quarterback. And now Russell has not played stellar, I should say, uh, and consistent throughout games. But he hasn't lost the game for you. And so I always thought that this defense, to me, was overrated from last season when everyone talked about how good their defense was when Russell was struggling. And then they decided to trade away uh, a few of their players, one being Chubb. And I thought that he was kind of the – the bell cow, the 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 leader, that captain on that defense, and then you trade him away, and that defense started to go south. And I just look at this football team, and it's going to continue throughout the season of the ups and downs. And Sean Payton's going to take the hit because of his comments and because of such a Hall of Fame coach that he is that you're expecting him to turn it around. I think this is a – if he's able to be there, this is a two-year project two-and-a-half-year project for him to change it around and get the right pieces, one on the defensive side and then filling in on the offensive side to be more consistent. But I think the Denver Broncos are pretty much going to plateau and they're going to win probably seven games this season. And they will be one that's trading off a lot of players going forward. Yeah, you know that the whole ripping of Nathaniel Hackett? Yeah. uh, and, And I grant you, Nathaniel Hackett, needed to be ripped a little bit because he Absolutely. was bad coach last year. But after five games last year, the Denver Broncos were two and three. After five games this year, Sean Payton's Denver Broncos are one and four. One and four. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to monitor uh, what's going on in Denver in the mile high city, because I just don't know how high this team will be. Uh, but as far as more information being given to you, stay tuned and watch us here at the five spot. We'll be back on Friday to uh, recap a little of the games that are going to happen this weekend and dig into a little bit of college. But before we go, make sure you tune into the WNBA. It's an explosive series going on with the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. Right now, the Aces are up 1-0, so keep an eye. And Armando will be getting his popcorn ready and heating up his food 
because he loves the WNBA. Well, the owner of the Aces loves the WNBA, right? He, there, hey, here he is. Hey, <laughs> and also, you can't forget Tom Brady is an owner. Tom Brady's an owner with with the with the Aces as well. So tune in Friday at the Five Spot.